And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 144, a.k.a. season 2, episode 12, uh, coming at you podcast only this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... M. That's right, M. Uh, not MC again. Uh, podcast only this week because MC is on vacation for the holidays. Um, so we're just going to do uh, another edition of the Anarchist Experience without him. Um, and you know what that means. It usually turns into an episode of Richie Rich Reads the News. Uh, so we'll just get right into the articles this week uh, because it's been a slow week and holiday week. And, and even the articles, uh, kind of slow week on that. So I don't even have that many that were worthy enough uh, to be put on as show prep. No call-in numbers uh, this week. Uh, still going live to tape. Um, just not going to be putting it out there for anyone to to interact with the show as we usually do. Uh, hopefully, MC will be back next week or the week following. I don't remember how long his vacation is this time. Um, but lo- last time was longer than usual, so hopefully not so bad th- this time. Um, but we'll, we'll get back to the regular call-ins uh, since you guys love calling in so much uh, when he returns. Otherwise, uh, let's get started. Headlines. Musician arrested, strip searched, thrown in jail for singing without a license. Uh, Headline. Safer 20 mile an hour zone led to rise in number of road deaths, but too costly to reverse, council admits. Headline. $21 trillion of unauthorized spending by U.S. government discovered by economics professor. Uh, headline, small Alabama town hired cops, judge, prosecutor, set up speed asset forfeiture trap. And finally, headline, no exceptions. Uh, so where did you want to start off this week, M? Let's talk about the musician arrested. All right. Headline, uh, musician arrested, strip shirts, thrown in jail for singing without a license. Uh, Oklahoma City in the land of the free. Playing music in public can get you arrested and extorted. A street musician has found himself in a legal batter, battle after a judge charged him with soliciting without a license, stemming from an incident in which he was approached by police, and he responded by asking where he was legally allowed to play his guitar. Uh, Ryan Daly Strader was first hired by the Oklahoma City Arts Council in the early 2000s as a street performer. He said he typically makes up songs on spot about pedestrians as they were walking by, but his red carpet welcome was jerked out under his feet, even though his act, Rye Daly and Evangeline, has performed all over the state. I would watch as the cops would come and arrest people for performing on the street without a license, even though they had a license to do so, Strader said. After a while, he said he simply stopped buying the license to perform. In his mind, it did not matter to Oklahoma City who had a license, as all street performers were getting caught in the police state's dragnet. Strader decided to see if free speech was dead in America. Uh, He said he showed up on the street on November 15, 2016 and started singing. He was approached by four armed police officers who told them he was, in essence, panhandling, soliciting money from passersby. Uh, Strader attempted to reason with them. I've never sold anything, so I don't know what I could be peddling, he said. But he agreed to leave the Bricktown district where he was first hired to sing. As he was leaving Bricktown, passing over the Freedy Bridge, Strader said he turned to face the officers once again, and he asked them where he could go to exercise his First Amendment right to sing. When he did, he was immediately arrested for obstruction of justice and received a ticket for soliciting without a license. Uh, We were on a 16-foot-wide pedestrian bridge, and it was just me and four officers. It's still mind-boggling to me, Strader said. 
It was a rude awakening for the artist who said he was harassed and ultimately arrested for asking questions. As the Free Thought Project has reported on numerous occasions, police will arrest citizens for questioning their orders and will charge them with obstruction of justice. Uh, when Strader went to trial on December 7th, the judge found him guilty and ordered him to pay fines totaling $240 for the crime of asking the police where he could sing and where he was allowed to exercise his freedom of speech. Strader described the ordeal as humiliating. He said he was stripped of his clothing, placed in an orange jumpsuit, and spent 27 hours in jail, all for singing without a license and getting on a few officers' nerves. When asked if the judge would have mercy on him, Strader told the Free Thought Project that he thought the court was a rubber stamp court, but praised his lawyers for representing him. I feel lucky for that. I have an amazing lawyer. He said as he stated he is now appealing the judge's verdict. Uh, they won, Strader said, because I told them that I was leaving and I would not be back. It's been over a year. No, I'm never going back. I'm out of their city. I'll never go back and perform again. Uh, we asked Strader what he thinks a victory would look like for the unconstitutional statutes to be removed from the criminal code and for the cops to stop harassing peaceful citizens who just sharing some art, he replied. Uh, Strader said several of his friends who were also artists have been constantly harassed by police and the consistent manipulation of the law and harassment by police have led several performers to simply stop attempting to entertain. Uh, Strader told TFTP that Megan Armstrong, who works for the OKC Licensing Division, relayed information to him from the city's attorneys assuring him that police would not bother him or arrest him if he were to put up a signs around himself when he's singing, which warns police not to engage the artist. Uh, but Strader said that human interaction is what it's all about for him. I would never have done this on my own. I was way too introverted as a person. The first time I the first time out I met people I would never have met otherwise, friendships that have lasted to this day because we're playing music live in public. Strader and his wife will continue to play classical piano, guitar, and harmonica to anyone who will invite them. In 2012, Rye Strader won the David Wilcox Emerging Artist Award, left his job in the oil field, and embarked into the music industry. Together, he and Evangeline have four children and live in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Uh, so your thoughts on this M about uh, cops harassing peaceful musicians or, or other panhandlers in general uh, who aren't really hurting or harming anybody, but just looking to, to make a couple of bucks. I think it's really unfortunate. Um, I, I like listening to street musicians. I think it, some of them are actually very good and I enjoy listening to their music. And it's unfortunate that police were harassing him. And even after they came up to him and he was ready to like leave you know he was he did what they asked i i don't like that they arrested him anyway and you know he has quite a few good points i like also that um whoever his attorney was was able to help him i guess get the ruling overturned however isn't there other things that police could be doing um with their time is more my bigger question than harassing street musicians. I mean, there's so many other things going on in our world that uh, I just don't understand why they were bothering street musicians in the first place, especially if no one in the crowd or any um, pedestrians walking by are complaining. Well, to answer your question as to why they harass him, because they can. I mean, what was it? Earlier, earlier this week in part of last week right you said you ran into a, a couple of roadblocks uh on your on your drive and it's like well why do they set these up here and my response to you was um you know lo location near uh 
low income neighborhoods. Right. Like they, if you look at where the roadblocks set up they're they're rarely ever in like the rich part of town. They're always the low income places where people won't necessarily be able to hire attorneys to defend them, whether they get processed right through, uh, you know, the, the system and they pay the fine or whatever. You know, they just they, they bother people who won't fight back or don't have the means to fight back. Um, so why do they why do they harass street musicians? Um, because they're street musicians. Right. They're they're not. uh people of importance in the greater society of things. Um, so they're just, they're easy targets. They're not going to fight back. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to, uh, you know, get into a physical alter altercation with the cops. They're just going to, you know, either leave or take the ticket and pay the fine and, and, and move on. Um, like this guy, right? Like, you know, they've talked about, well, who won and who lost? Well, the police won because he, he won't go back there. He has lost his right to exercise his first amendment, freedom of speech, whatever that means. Um, but he's already given up, um, on, you know, on basically his career, right. You know, in, in that city. Um, now could he work elsewhere? Sure. Um, uh, but you know, you, you want to be where you're comfortable. If, if that part of the sidewalk was, you know, his to claim, uh, being public land and all that, um, then why not? Right. It, it always boggles my mind why they, why they bug people on public lands. Like, I, and I don't care if he was, if he was like on like a Walmart shopping, you know, shopping center parking lot or something, right. Then it would be, you know, a trespassing violation. Um, but as, as, as long here, here's what the, you know, we talked about before, you know, the, the, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have certain things, you know, you can't make certain arguments, right. If you're, if you're going to have public lands, right. Then you have to allow the public to be there. Like th there should be no such thing as trespassing on public lands and there should be no, um, no real restriction on what you can do on public lands, because as long as it's public, as long as it's free to all, uh, it should be open to all. Uh, and if you go like, well, some people may not like musicians playing on the street. Well, then, th then you should be on my side, right? And to, to eliminate the public land so that, you know, the private landowner uh, is the one who gets to choose uh, who can be or who can't be on the land itself. But as long as you're going to have the public lands, people should be able to be on the lands and do whatever it is they please um, simply because there's, you know, there's no real person who can tell them otherwise as long as it's going to be public. Right. You know, I, I, I got into arguments before um, with uh, like older people older than me, like, you, you know, you're 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 adults out there, um, you know, regarding like graffiti on the walls. And I go, well, whose wall is it? Right. If it's if it's a private wall, then, yes, it's a graffiti and it's, you know, it's vandalism and whatever. Right. But if it's a public wall, it's just their expression of how they wish to see land that they own utilized right like if you spray paint a if you paint a, a public wall white you know it's okay but if you pay if you spray paint it you know artistically with colors and tags or whatever it is all of a sudden you know the greater society uh, doesn't appreciate your art um but you you pay for that wall too right it's not it's not the greater society's wall it's everyone's wall and so if you want to spray paint it a certain way please, by all means do it. Um, but again, it's also a public wall. So if someone wants to come by and, and paint over it, uh, also their prerogative, uh, but it shouldn't be illegal for one and legal for the other or illegal at all, um, to alter public lands in any way you see fit, uh, as a member of the public. Uh, your thoughts on that, M? Um, 
I, I see your point. Actually, the entire time you were talking, I, I think I was getting caught up in the obstruction of justice charge. My mind kind of kept going back towards that. And I wonder, I was just wondering if police, well, I know you're anti-police. Uh, and I kind of wonder if police should have different types of training. Sure. Um, I, I don't see what your point is with the obstruction of justice charge. Like you're, you're concerned that it's uh, like a catch all type of charge that they just, they just use. Kind of. Okay. So if you're, I accept that then. Um, but it, it, to answer your question, then that's why they use it. Right. They don't, they don't need other training um, because they have a catch all charge. Right. You know, uh, obstruction, uh, obstruction of justice or, you know, if, if, you know, when you go to court, it's contempt of court, um, which, you know, to, to, to answer like probably a longstanding question that, you know, I don't know if you've asked directly. Right. Like anytime I end up going to court, um, no matter what, no matter what the reason I'm going to court is, I go like, I will let you know when I'm done. Right. Whether it's, you know, uh, you or my mom or my dad or, or, you know, my bosses, whatever. Right. If they know um, that I'm going to be there, then it's I'll let you know when I'm done. Because the way I perform in the courtroom could very easily land a contempt of court charge. Right. For for, you know, disobeying the judge or asking the wrong questions like this guy or, or doing whatever. Um and contempt of court is just a way to say like you pissed me off and now you're in jail and the reason it's important is because most contempt of court charges uh, are indefinite jail time right like there's there's no limit on how long you can sit behind bars uh, on contempt of court because there's no real like laws supporting it it's just the judge's whim and his court and you know and usually they wait until like you come to your senses and apologize and beg for forgiveness and, you know, be allowed to, to, to be set free. Um, so there are people that have spent like, you know, months in jail on no other charge than contempt of court. Um, so, you know, just, just like, just like that one, uh, obstruction of justice or, you know, interfering with police matters or, or anything like that is simply a catch all, uh, you know, so, so that they have something to charge people with. Um, I've shared it on the show before, right? I was in, I was once in the back of a police cruiser, um, you know, after being arrested for nothing. Right. And then while I was sitting in the back of the police cruiser, uh, having been arrested for nothing, the, the cop was in the front of the police cruiser thumbing through his law book, uh, trying to find something, you know, to, to, to charge me with, um, and when I asked him, you know, I, I, I said, you know, uh, what, what's the matter? You know, you, you can't find anything in your book. And his response to me was, you know, basically, uh, don't worry, we'll find something, right? Not that they had anything to begin with, but that they needed something to justify the fact that I was already in handcuffs and sitting in the back of the car. Um, so I, I, d- does that answer your question as to, as to why, uh, you know, there's an obstruction of justice charge like that for the police? Yes. I, well, it wasn't a question. It was just more of a re- remark. Um, and I think that police should be trained differently on that entire situation. But that's just me. 
well, how would you train them differently then? Because I, th- I think when you say train them differently, you think that they have another goal in mind. And what I'm trying to explain to you here is that no, 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 they're trained like that because it's a catch-all, right? It's not like they need to be trained differently. They have other training and then they have this backup in case they don't want to use their other training and they just want to arrest someone for basically nothing. Well, maybe training's the 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 wrong words to use. I guess I always assumed in this country that you're innocent until proven guilty, but it seems like the police are choosing to presume that you're guilty until proven innocent. So as I was kind of reading over the article, you know, from arresting him to him being stripped and put in jail, that sounds like someone that's being treated as if they're guilty. And I don't think that that's originally what was supposed is the, I guess at the heart of what I thought law was about. Um, so welcome to the real world. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that the system is really messed up. It's just, I think, cracks me up that how if you really, if anyone were to really look at what's going on, it's blatant disregard for what I always understood is supposed to be happening. Fair enough. And all I will say to that is one of the reasons um, why I started doing what I do um, in general, like, you know, acting, acting like an anarchist and living the anarchist experience rather than just talking about it um, is because when I first started to make that transition um, over, you know, over to the good side of, you know, anarchism and voluntarism and agorism, when I first started making that transition over, right, like I read these articles myself, you know, articles similar to this. And I went, damn, there's a lot of shit going on in the world. Right. And then I would, I would tell my friends and family and close relatives and they wouldn't believe me. They go like, no, 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 it's not happening here. Even the police stories that I used to post, um, on my personal Facebook feed, right? Like I would post it and then someone would, you know, like, uh, you know, my, the one cop friend that I had would say, you know, basically like, oh, it's, it's just an isolated incident. Right. And that, that set me off a little bit. Cause then I just started posting like every single bad cop story available, right? Like just another isolated incident, uh, an isolated incident coming to a town near you. Right. Um, so there, there's people out there who like you am apparently who just don't believe that these things are real. Um, and so, you know, it became not my mission or not my goal or anything like that, but just, um, my motivation, um, to have these things happen to me so that people close to me no longer look at it as an isolated incident or something happening out there, or just disbelieving that these things occur in general. Uh, because all of a sudden, you know, it's like, there it is. It's happening to me right in front of your eyes. What say you now? Um, you know, to the point where I was, uh, heading back from a, uh, a function, um, with a friend of mine, a female friend. Um, and you know, she, she was one of those, like, you know, didn't believe me or whatever. And, you know, we're, he- we're headed back from the function sober, right? Cause I don't drink. And she was, uh, not of age to drink at the time. Uh, so she didn't drink. Um, but you know, I got pulled over, uh, on our, on our way home. Um, and then the, you know, as soon as the, you know, you crack the window a little bit, uh, the officer goes like, is that alcohol I smell? And I, you know, after dealing with him, I, I turned to her and I went, do you believe me now? Like, do you get it? Do you get it now? 
all the stuff that I've been saying, all the stuff that I've been sharing, you know, for how long does it finally hit home? You know, when I, when I say that they are trained to lie, they're, you know, they do these things that now having sat through one, right, where there, there was no, there was no victim, no real crime, um, nothing bad of the sorts. And then to be accused of also being drunk, right? You know, like the, the, oh my God, I smell alcohol or I smell weed or, or, you know, anything like that, uh, just to make up a story so that they have, you know, probable cause to search, right? And like, do you believe me now? Um, was, was basically my, my question to her. And I, um, I haven't talked to her in a while, but I don't, I don't know if she's like maintained this course or if she even still cares. Um, but again, you know, for, for, for one brief moment and you know, I, I have other stories that happen with other friends, you know, when like, well, do you, do you believe me now? Like we talked about it, we've seen it in action, you know, this is how you can handle it if you wish. Um, but you have to see it firsthand or you have to see it secondhand or know someone who's gone through it, um, for, for stories like this to register, right? Like this happened in Oklahoma. We do the show from Hawaii. Um, you know, most people won't care. I go, well, that's, that's the Oklahoma cops, right? Our cops are different. Our, our cops live in the same neighborhood we do. And we know our cops and they're, you know, we have friends and family members who are cops. So, so because we have friends and family members who are cops and, you know, those cops can't be bad. Um, and I'm sure, you know, the four cops on the bridge have friends and family members that like them a lot, right? But they're still assholes and they're still parasites on society. And there's no way you're going to convince those friends and family members of anything different uh, because they're too close, right? They can't see the forest uh, through the trees and they don't know what their friends and family members are actually doing out there. Uh, They only believe the one side of the story of, you know, you're not going to believe this, what this musician said to us today uh, when we were trying to like, you know, keep them clear of all the public plays or whatever, right? You know, cops have their stories too. Um, and it's just unfortunate, um, that more people with cop friends, right. Or, or cop relatives don't ostracize the fuck out of those people and tell them to get a real job and stop leeching off society. Anything else from you? No. Next headline. Safer 20 mile per hour zone led to rise in number of road deaths, but too costly to reverse. Council admits. Reducing the speed limit to 20 miles per hour has caused a rise in death and serious injury, a council has admitted, but it is refusing to reverse the scheme because it will cost too much. Uh, Bath and Northeast Somerset Council spent 871,000 pounds uh, bringing in the 13 new speed zones just 12 months ago. Uh, but what one year on a report has found that the rate of people killed or seriously injured has gone up in seven out of the 13 new 20 mile per hour zones. The review of the traffic control measure warns that this is a problem nationally adding. There is no simple explanation for this adverse trend, but it could be that local people preserve the air, per, perceive the area to be safer due to the presence of the 20 mile an hour restriction and thus are less diligent when walking and crossing roads, cycling or otherwise traveling. Uh, despite the council's own report concluding that there is little in the way of persuasive arguments for continuing the program in the future, Deputy Leader Patrick Enkelton-Jones admitted there is simply isn't the money available to reverse the 20 mile per hour zones. Uh, the conservative councillor said it has cost over 800,000 pounds to roll out the 20 mile an hour zones and it would probably cost the same to reverse them. We just haven't got the money. 
I'm pretty sure the 20 mile per hour zones will stay in place for the foreseeable future. It adds that the rise in casualty numbers and severity would suggest against further expansion of an area based schemes. In the 12 months since each 20 mile per hour zone was installed, the rate of people killed or seriously injured has gone up in seven of the 13 areas. The reduction hasn't been seen since Central Bath, whilst the worst thing was largely in outlying rural areas. The report added uh, casualty severity has worsened marginally in Bath and more so in outlying towns. Again, this is reflective of the national situation. This is not the first warning that 20 mile per hour areas were more dangerous. In 2010, the Department of Transport reviewed the scheme in Portsmouth, uh, one of the first areas to adopt it, and found that the number of people killed or seriously injured on affected roads actually went up, not down, after the limits were lowered. A retired civil servant Simon Marshall, 58, from Lower Weston, called on Bath City Council to review the 20 mile per hour speed limit, calling them unduly restrictive. And he said he was astonished to see the report and learn that the council couldn't afford to reverse the zones despite rising numbers of death and serious injury. He said the fact that the numbers of people being killed and injured are going up since the zones were introduced. Most people are hurt because less people are taking care and the council are saying that they can't afford it. Uh, to my mind, that's saying that people are being seriously hurt, but we are not prepared to stump up the cash to stop that happening. The government's current guidance remains that more traffic authorities should consider introducing the lower limits. A nationwide, nationwide review of 24-hour limits published by the Royal Society for the Preservation or Prevention of Accidents last month concluded a large number of evaluation studies have demonstrated a link between the introduction of 20-mile-per-hour zones and a subsequent reduction in casualties. The size of the reduction and consistency of results over a wide number of areas are further evidence for this link. However, their review pointed out that the 20 mile power zones in which other traffic calming measures were introduced alongside the reduction in limits were much more effective. In Bath and Northeast Somerset, they brought in the changes with a speed reduction and signs to indicate it only. Uh, the ROSPA reported report noted uh, 20 mile per hour limits without traffic calming also reduces traffic speed although this effect is smaller than when they are introduced with traffic calming or other measures their lower cost means that wider areas can be covered uh, so your thoughts on this m uh, about lower uh, regarding lower speed areas uh, or other traffic measures in general i don't understand why they can't afford to make the changes I'm not familiar with, I guess they do in Great Britain, but I just don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I also don't understand why people cross the street not paying attention. Because the cars are supposed to go slower. Can you, whether the cars are going fast or slow, they should still be paying attention when they cross the street. People are stupid. Yeah. Again, like I, there's a lot of things that I see wrong in my mind with this. I think it shouldn't cost that much to change the speed limit. I also think people should be careful when they're crossing the street. You give people too much credit. So to to answer your to answer your question yet again, or or since you're going to say, oh, it's not really a question, just a thought. To help you understand this better, right? People are stupid, and. People are even stupider uh, when they have the perception of being in the right of way, right? Like you drive, so I'm sure you've seen uh, people step out into the crosswalk simply because there's a crosswalk there, 
right? Have you have you seen this? Can you at least admit to that? Yeah. Right. So why do they step out onto the crosswalk with cars coming? Well, because the law says that people in the crosswalk have the right of way. Um, but what happens, right? They get smashed by a 3,000 pound death machine uh, because they're a tiny little meat sack, right? So, but they go like, I have the right of way. And, and so they step there expecting, you know, the 3000 pound death machine to just come to a halt, uh, for their little frail ass to get across. Right. I, you know, I, I was driving the other day, uh, or, or, you know, right on my moped the other day. And, you know, there's this like little old lady crossing three lanes of busy traffic. Right. And the, you know, the leftmost lane came to a stop for, her, and the right and the middle lane came to a stop for, her, um, but the car in the in the rightmost lane, like apparently wasn't paying too much attention to what was going on, right? So it was was going way too fast, but still managed to like come to a complete stop before hitting the the frail old lady. And the frail old lady, before like stepping onto the curb, like paused in the crosswalk and just you know gave a knowing look uh, to the driver in the right lane, as if they as if they should know better, right? And like, it's, it's that, it's that entitlement mentality, right? That no, no hustle your ass across three lanes of traffic, you know, and get the fuck out of the way once you get there. Right. You know, you got like, you know, like I said, 3000 pound death machines bearing down on you. Uh, it would behoove you to get out of the way, uh, cause you might be in the right of way according to the law. Um, but you're also going to be like splattered on the pavement if you don't pay attention, um, so when you reduce the speed limit to 20 miles per hour, right. Then people go like, Oh no, no, this is good. Like, you know, this, this is safer now. Uh, and so they pay less attention, right? It, it's, it's why, you know, it's a controversial claim. Um, but, but seat belts cost lives, um, because people drive more erratically when they think they're safe, right? It's, it's why, you know, stop, uh, stop lights, uh, have accidents, you know, in the intersection because people don't pay attention as they're going across. They go like, Oh, I got the green light and not paying attention to what's coming left or right. And they miss the driver. Who's not paying attention either, right? Running the red. And so you get T-boned, um, you know, and, and, uh, we talk about it a little bit in, in my accident. Um, and I don't know how much I'm still allowed to say about that, but you know, the, the, the criminal side of things is, is gone. Um, but the civil side of things is not gone. Um, but when people ask me what happened, right. The first thing that I say is I was not paying attention, right? I got hit by a car, um, you know, partially because the other guy wasn't paying attention, but I could have also avoided it on my end if I were paying attention. Um, but I got distracted and I wasn't paying attention and I got hit, right? And so, you know, it, 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 when we always talk about, you know, uh, self-responsibility and personal responsibility, um, you know, in, in a society without the state. And yeah, you know, so so part of that, you know, when, when talking in private and I guess now on the show, right, like I will openly admit, right, that part of that was my responsibility. And, you know, part of the reason I, I'm still suffering the effects of that today is also partially my responsibility, um, I'm not, I'm not absolving the other driver, you know, hundred percent. Cause he was also not paying attention. Um, but he was also like not doing the legal thing to do, right? He was acting illegally and I was acting legally. 
And because I was not paying attention, even though I was in the right, right, still got hit. Um, you know, so if, if you know, you, you wonder why people do what they do. It's, you know, they, they don't pay attention and they think that they're in the right of way and they get bit and then they complain about it. Like, Oh no, the, the cars were going too fast. We need a crosswalk here. We need lights there. Like, no, you don't, you don't need any of that. You don't need, uh, you don't need stop lights or stop signs or anything like that anywhere. Um, you know, can they be used effectively and efficiently? Sure. Right. Uh, but if you're talking about like just safety, uh, if you eliminate all of that, right, there will be an incentive for people once they get over the fact that, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is dangerous, right? That they would drive a hell of a lot slower and be a hell of a lot more cautious going through intersections uh, because they know that there is a danger there. Uh, and when the state removes the perceived danger by putting up signs that say, yeah, it's going to be okay. Just stem, stem between these white lines and you're safe. Right. Or they put up a sign and says, no, 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 cars aren't going to be going more than 20 miles an hour. You'll be safe. Right. Then, then people don't pay attention. Right. There was uh, another radio show that I used to look at and they said, like, you know, if you really want to stop uh, traffic accidents and, and people speeding, you just put a spike in the middle of the steering wheel. Right. And because you know that if you hit something going too fast, like death is instant and imminent. Right. So you want people to drive slow and people to pay attention. You put a spike in the middle of the steering wheel and all of a sudden, you know, you, you curb, uh, traffic accidents and fatalities, um, just because people won't want that spike going through their face. Um, so it's never about, you know, it's, it's never about safety. It's always about, uh, convenience. Um, I think you, you addressed one other thing about, you know, why, why they don't have the money. Well, cause they just spent, spent 871,000 pounds to change all the signs, right? And I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not a big fan of government spending to begin with, but if you're going to spend that much money and have to do it all over again, um, I can see why they would consider that a waste of, of taxpayer funding, right? I mean, it, rather than just take all the signs down, rather than replace all the signs, they could easily just, you know, spend some money and remove the signs and remove the speed limit altogether and see what happens naturally in those areas to see what the natural speed limit that people drive are more thoughts no <clears throat> all right moving on next headline uh 21 trillion dollars of unauthorized spending by u.s government discovered by economics professor the u.s government may have misspent 21 trillion dollars a professor at michigan state university has found uh, papers supporting the study briefly went missing just as an audit was announced Two departments of the U.S. federal government may have spent as much as $21 trillion on things they can't account for uh, between 1998 and 2015. At least that's what Mark Skidmore, a professor of economics at MSU specializing in public finance, and his team have found. Uh, they came up with the figure after digging the websites of Department of Defense and Housing and Urban Development, as well as reports of the, officer, of the Office of the Inspector General over summer. The research was triggered by Skidmore hearing Catherine Austin Fitz, a former assistant secretary in the HUD in the first Bush administration, saying her inspector general found $6.5 trillion worth of military spending that the DOD couldn't account for. Uh, she was referring to a July 2016 report by the OIG, but Skidmore thought she must be mistaken billion for trillion. Uh, based on the previous experience with public finance, he thought the figure was too big even for an organization as large as the U.S. military. Uh, sometimes you have an adjustment just because you don't have adequate transactions, so an auditor would just recede. 
Usually it's just a small portion of authorized spending, maybe 1% at most. So for, so for the Army, 1% would be $1.2 billion of transactions that you just can't account for, he explained in an interview with USAWatchdog.com earlier this month. After discovering the figure was accurate, he and Fitz collaborated with a pair of graduate students to comb through thousands of reports of the OIG dating back to 1998 when the new rules of public accountability for the federal government were set and all the way to 2015, the time of the latest reports available at the time. Uh, the reports, the research was only for the DOD and the HUD. Uh, this is incomplete, but we have found $21 trillion in adjustments over that period. Uh, the biggest chunk is for the Army. We were able to find 13 of the 17 years we found about $11.5 trillion just for the Army, Skidmore said. Uh, the professor would not suggest whether the missing trillions went to some legitimate undisclosed projects, uh, wasted or misappropriated, but believe his find indicates that there is something profoundly wrong with the budgeting process in the U.S. federal government. Such lack of transparency goes against the due process uh, of authorizing federal spending through the U.S. Congress, he said. Uh, Skidmore also co-authored a column for Forbes explaining his research. The same week the interview took place, the DOD announced that it will conduct its first ever audit. Uh, it's important that the Congress and the American people have confidence in DOD's management of every taxpayer dollar. Uh, Comptroller David Norquist told reports as he explained that the OIG has hired independent auditors to dig through the military finance. Uh, while we can't know for sure what role our efforts to compile original government documents and share them with the public has played, we believe it had made a difference, Skidmore commented. Interestingly, in early December, the authors of the research discovered that the links to key document they used, including the 2016 report, had been disabled. Uh, days later, the documents were reposted under different addresses, they say. Uh, so your thoughts on this, M, uh, as a taxpayer on where your money is being misappropriated? This is one of the reasons why I don't like taxes. I do kind of wonder if it didn't get misappropriated, if it just went to fund certain projects that are off the books or illegal or not illegal, but what did that guy do? What's his name? I can't remember. Snowden. He leaked all of those government secrets. In my mind, the funding had to come from somewhere. So I kind of wonder, you know, if it's some type of black op thing, then this is where all our money goes. Would you not consider that a misappropriation? Define misappropriation. Hold on, let me grab a dictionary. Misappropriate. To put to a wrong use, to apply wrongfully or dishonestly as funds entrusted to one's care. I guess so, but I think that's an understatement if you were to, for black ops, I guess. So you consider black ops to be uh, the right use of funds, even though they're designated for something else? I'm not sure. I think, well, wouldn't sometimes they be necessary? Like they would need to do certain things in the name of like security I'm sure that would be an excuse that they used, but I'm trying to get you to nail down what you consider legitimate black ops uh, or if black ops is legitimate. And if so, why it just isn't budgeted for already. I think, well, I mean, if we're, if we're defending our country 
against people and they're searching for what we might have in our defense, like whatever the defensive plan is, I don't think they should have access to it. Like I wouldn't trust North Korea with all our country's like secrets. Do you consider the financial budget for the military to be a secret? I guess parts of it, maybe. Well, okay, so either people are stupid or people are smart, right? They can't be both. And in the last, when we're talking about the pedestrians and the people getting hit, and you're talking about how people are stupid. So if people are stupid, then I don't think the American public, who are people, can always be trusted with this type of information because who knows what they're going to do, right? I mean, and I guess that's the argument that the government uses and hides behind, and I do admit that they hide behind it. But if people were smarter, maybe things would be different. I don't know what else to say. Like, I kind of get both. I can see their, I guess, point. I don't know if it's a legitimate point. You know, that's the part where I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if it's an excuse. But I do think, like, you know, if they have a plan to go and defend us against some country or grab something or rescue someone, it makes sense to me why they're not going to, like, announce it prior to the attack or the launching of their whatever to go save someone, you know, across, like, the front news, because that would be stupid. There's a lot to go over there. So I'll start with... The American people are stupid, which you said. So from from what pool of individuals um, is the elected class and the, the political class drawn from uh, where they're not stupid and are able to make those decisions? Well, I, I don't think I said the American people are stupid. What I said is American people are people. You had said people are stupid. So if we go on that premise, American people are people. Are you going on that premise? Well, to explore this discussion, yeah. So if people are stupid, what pool of individuals is the political class drawn from where they're the ones capable of making smart decisions on behalf of everybody? I don't know. And I guess that maybe is why I don't always think people are stupid. For the sake of this discussion, you've already granted my assumption. Didn't someone say people are stupid, but a person is smart? My question remains, from what pool of individuals is the elite political class drawn from where they're the ones capable of making these smart decisions on behalf of all the dumb people? I don't know. I believe that they're supposed to be educated in what they're doing, like experts, right? Like, otherwise, didn't you say a couple weeks ago, we count on other people on their education on whatever they study, because otherwise we can't all be experts at everything. It's a waste of time. Yes. So then wouldn't it be that I think those people in government are supposedly supposed to be experts at government? I think the key word there is supposedly. Right. I I see that. And that's the pool, though, that there is. 
So the people in charge of making decisions on behalf of all the dumb people are the experts in the pol- political arena is what you're saying. Like they're, they're the only ones capable of making these decisions uh, on behalf of everybody. I don't know if capable is the word, but they're the ones who are... You seem very dodgy. <laughs> they're the ones who are choosing to make make the decisions. They're the ones that everyone is agreeing to let make the decisions. Who is everyone and how are they agreeing to let those people make the decisions? I think the country or the people that vote or the people that allow them to make the decisions. The dumb people. Yes. So we put dumb people in charge of picking what they consider to be the smart people to make decisions on behalf of everybody. Yes. Fair enough. Um, I was talking to a coworker at work the other day, and I think I may have said something profound, and I don't know how to like necessarily flesh it out. But we were, you know, at work, um, you know, like the, the boss makes the rules, um, and I'll, I'll try to tie this in as best I can. The boss makes the rules, um, so we are not allowed to talk while we're working, right? Because the boss uh, isn't allowed to like, isn't capable of multitasking. Like he has to focus on what he's doing at all times uh, in order to be like good at what he does. Um, Meanwhile, myself and my coworker are completely capable of getting our work done while holding a conversation with each other. Um, and we work in a kitchen, so food gets cooked, food goes out, uh, food gets cooked, you know, well, it's, it's not like we're missing anything. Um, you know, m- mistakes happen, so I'm not saying that we're perfect. Um, but food goes out quickly, efficiently, well-cooked, well-prepared, well-plated, all this, um, prep work gets done, you know, quickly, efficiently done by the time we're ready to go and all of that, all the while, uh, we can hold the conversation, um, And so the profound thing, or what I believe to be the profound thing um, that I said to my coworker is that one of the reasons uh, why I'm an anarchist is because I don't want to live down to other people's limitations. And after I thought about it, I went, wow, damn, that's a really good quote. Like, I hope I remember that. Like, I don't want to live down to other people's limitations. Um, So to, to, to put people in charge of picking so-called experts uh, who then make the rules for me, right? Like, I don't want to live down to the limitations of, of those stupid people or the people's rules who think they know better than me, right? Like, I may not be an expert uh, in, in uh, foreign policy, um, but I don't think they are allowed to make rules that determine who I trade with. Right. If I want to buy stuff from a, a Chinese vendor or a Korean vendor or a Cuban vendor, right, I as an individual should be allowed to make that decision and not not limit my choices uh, based on, you know, your grudge against uh, certain nationalities or certain regions of the world. Um, so I don't want those people ever in charge of what I do. And when they mismanage 21 trillion dollars. 
uh, of of your taxpayer funding. Um, I'm going to say your because uh, I try to pay as little as possible. Uh, so maybe a small fraction of a percentage of that is actually mine. Um, but when they mismanage that much of your money uh, that you pay for whatever, right? Maybe it's time to rethink uh, what you consider to be experts are and how they get put in charge. Now, another uh, point that I wanted to address with you is, you know, the the black ops uh, aspect of the funding, right? Like $21 trillion in black ops uh, seems a little excessive, number one. And number two, even if I grant, right, even if I grant, which I'm not, but for the sake of this, I will say even if I grant... Uh, the black ops is, you know, a necessary part of foreign relations, right? Because it's always us versus them, which is a terrible way to think about the world. But even if you say that black ops are necessary, um, just because you have a black ops line item on the budget does not necessarily indicate what those black ops are going to be. It's just a designations of funds going to black ops. So if you want to say that it's not misappropriated funds, well, then put a line item in there. $21 trillion to black op activities. Oh, what did that cover? Well, remember when we rescued that girl? Black op activity, that was part of the funds right there. Remember when we deposed that dictator? Black op activities, you know, funding comes out of that part of the funding right there. Uh, remember when we killed that terrorist? Black op funding right? You don't have to say like, no, no, we're going to go rescue the girl or we're going to depose the dictator or we're going to go kill the terrorist. You know, it's just a line item on the budget. Uh, so you can, you can say that and then go like, well, it wasn't misappropriated. It was, it was for black ops and have that on there. And what I'm saying is even if you do that, you still don't have to tell the bad guys, uh, whoever that may be what you're doing. And it shouldn't be there to begin with, nor should it be a $21 trillion worth of things the, you know the the fact that the fact that more people aren't upset about this right just goes to show that people are stupid because they don't even care right and if they go like man that's a lot of money lost why am i giving it to these you know to to these quote unquote experts in the political field who are a lot smarter than me uh, i'm pretty sure that even the dumbass off the street can find a way to not lose 21 trillion dollars uh, worth of funds and not know where it went in and most of it like the article said was military spending so sure it could be black ops uh but where's the rest of it, right? If it was only 11 for the military, uh, then where's the other $10 trillion going uh, that, that, that they have no idea what it's going to fund? Any more thoughts? Well, I'm confused about your whole point about us versus them. Who's us versus them? Uh, Americans versus North Korea, Americans versus the Taliban, Americans versus Afghanistan, Americans versus Iraq, Americans versus Iran, Americans versus Syria, Americans versus Mexico, Americans versus Guatemala, uh, Americans versus Cuba. So are you saying that there shouldn't exist that type of mentality? 100%. But then how is that not the same mentality that you carry with anarchism? I don't understand the question. Well, isn't anarchist us against whoever isn't an anarchist? Absolutely. So isn't that a us versus them mentality? Absolutely. So what I hear you saying is there are times where that's appropriate. When it's when it's anarchist versus the state, 100% appropriate. Because the state 
has proven to be an infringing organization over the lives of everybody, not just anarchists, right? Even you yourself said, I don't like taxes, which means you should be on my side, right? When it comes to like abolishing the state, because if you get rid of the state, you get rid of the taxes. Um, What the other us versus thems are is like nation, national mentality of like our country is better than yours. And it's not an individual. It's not the state uh, attacking any individual, right? It's government agents versus government agents. And then they rally the people behind them uh, to, to get the people, you know, to, to hate them as well, right? There's, there's nothing necessarily wrong uh, with the Mexican, right? As long as he's an anarchist, right? If he's not an anarchist, then yeah, fuck them all. Um, but if they, you know, but if they're just trying to get by and they're not associating with their government and they just want to like, come to this side of the dirt, uh, you know, to, to give life a shot, right? There should not be an us versus them mentality, right? There should not be an, a trade embargo, uh, with Cuba lifted, reimplanted, whatever, for however long it was, uh, simply because, you know, their government might be uh, communist, right? If, if there are elements of the population that want to, uh, you know, to trade with, uh, you know, elements of the population here, uh, it should not be an us versus them mentality. We do not have to invade Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, Syria, North Korea, um, you know, as a as a preemptive strike because they might attack us here, right? There, there's there's no us versus them there, right? There's there's uh, there's unfortunately um, North Korean citizens, Afghan citizens, Iran citizens, Iraqi citizens who don't give a shit about what's going on with their government. Uh, or what the United States is doing, you know, is doing against their government. And they just want to, you know, to trade and be friends and be merry with everybody. Right. And so you have this government versus government, us versus them mentality that the population gets swept up in. Um, but just, you know, j- just as Muhammad Ali's, you know, famous quote when he resisted uh, going to Vietnam, uh, you know, right. The, 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 his fight was here. And I've said it before, you know, Ain't no Muslim ever call me infidel or anything, you know, something to that effect, because I have no beef with them. They have no beef with me. You know, it can be a live and let live, but the government's get in the way. Right. You know, we we the the United States government attacks them. Right. Blows up innocent civilians for no apparent reason. And then they retaliate. And it's it's a it's a violent cycle, but it's always the state causing the harm. So if you want to distinguish between like an us versus them mentality, sure, you know, because the state is always infringing on the lives of people, anarchist and otherwise, right? You know, they, the, the state doesn't only go after anarchists, it eats its own and people are happy to feed into it, right? More meat for the grinder. Um, but when it comes to like nation versus nation, uh, it, it just breeds contempt from people who are otherwise not contemptible. Does that answer your question? Yes. Any other thoughts? No. Moving right along. All right, next headline. Small Alabama town hired cops, judge, prosecutor, set up speed asset forfeiture traps. Uh, Motorists have found alternate routes, and now the townspeople may lose their police force. I love unintended consequences. Uh, The mayor of Castleberry, Alabama, told residents at a recent town hall meeting that their three-officer police department may have to shut down because of a steep drop in traffic ticket revenue. 
uh, Mayor Henry Kersky blames the drop in revenue on the bad publicity from coverage of a seven plaintiff lawsuit alleging officers in the town of 550 people set up speed traps and made other spurious stops, charging $500 to recover impounded automobiles if drugs were present and using the state's asset forfeiture laws to compensate cash and belongings when available, as an October article in AL reported. Uh, J.B. Jackson, the mayor, whose idea of stopping and confiscation paid for the department, a municipal court judge and a prosecutor, was ousted in an election last year. His former police chief, Tracy Hossie, resigned in February after the lawsuit after the suit was filed. Uh, route 31, a local connecting route for I-65 between Mobile and Montgomery, cuts through Castleberry. Uh, Richard Nix, lead attorney of the lawsuit, estimates that more than 100 people may have been ensnared. Nix said that belongings in the alleged drug seizures in his plaintiff's case had not been accounted for. His clients claim $5,500 in cash was taken from them, and Nix and Six insist Hossie did not follow the minimal procedural requirements in place for asset forfeiture, like explaining to the county attorney why you're seizing cash and property. Uh, one plaintiff said Castleberry police in military-style camel pulled him over as he was pulling out of a driveway last October. October, impounding his car and seizing $1,750. According to the lawsuit and court documents reviewed by AI.com, he wasn't so much as charged with a traffic offense. Another plaintiff alleges police confiscated $3,800 from her vehicle, claiming they were just proceeds from an illegal drug dealing or activity in June 2016, but he did not file a civil forfeiture request. Her car remains impounded. Uh, Jackson and Hossie set up the department in 2009. We didn't have much, so Hossie comes to me and said, there's a lot of crime in this town and a lot of drugs coming through this town. Jackson told AL, oh, I guess AL.com. Uh, so he said, why don't we set up a court system to get some money coming in? At one point, Castleberry had five police officers, more than five times the national per capita average. We hired our own DA and our own judge, Jackson continued. The revenue started to grow when we built out the police department. Uh, Nixon Hossie gloated on Facebook about what was happening. According to Nix, he posted photos of people he had arrested, as well as videos purportedly showing him joking around and discussing the arrest. Uh, the brazenness makes Jackson and Hossie's efforts. Uh, Jackson doesn't deny the department set up speed traps to generate revenue. A perfect example of policing for profit. How municipalities turn police departments into revenue generators rather than agencies intended to improve public safety. Alabama law permits police departments to keep 100% of the proceeds of asset forfeiture and has no reporting requirements. Uh, when word of the lawsuits got around, people began avoiding Castleberry, which brought on a fiscal crisis, uh, the town found itself with $60,000 in unpaid bills and a six-figure debt, Kirksey said. Uh, one thing he told me, uh, Kirksey said of the current police chief, Troy Stolle, was that it's pretty easy to write 10 to 20 tickets a day, but once the publicity comes out in the newspaper, he told me sometimes it's hard to get five a day. Uh, Staley denies his department has any speed traps anymore. There are between 10 to 20 traffic stops a day, if that many. Uh, Staley told the Bruton Standard, when you look at the math, that's less than 1%. He also insists now the town only gets $12 per speeding ticket, which explains why Kirksey wants to give up on the police department. Uh, residents are split about whether or not to keep it going. At the town hall meeting, the council voted 3-2 to two to keep running the department on a limited basis. Uh, Kirksey didn't hide his opinion of the council's decision. We cannot go on like this, he said, and if y'all want to bankrupt the city by continuing to have a police department, uh, that's fine by me. So here you go, M. Just another isolated incident. Uh, do these cops need to be retrained as well? No, they should just get rid of the police department. Because the police department is bad or because it's drying the country dry? 
Both. All right, good enough for me. Uh, like I said, this is just another one of those like unintended consequences that I love reading about so much, right? You you have what's obviously a bad idea in policing for profit, which um, you know this this particular department was unabashedly uh, bragging about, right? But which happens everywhere you know in the world basically when it comes to interaction with the cops, um, and that is their whole job is to generate revenue. Right. They just they 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 create laws um, that have no victims. Uh, They enforce those laws uh, regardless. You said, M, that, oh, sometimes they just let me go with the warning and maybe cops just like me. Well, you know, fair enough. Right. You know, sometimes not everyone gets ensnared. Not everyone gets trapped. uh, But the goal. Right. Is is, you know, and maybe the officer was having a good day or maybe he just doesn't want to deal with it. Um, which is always my goal, make them never want to deal with me ever again. Um, you know, but th- the goal is to, to generate income for the state, right? You know, they, they create, uh, was it Hawaii had the, the no texting law, driving law. Um, and so I, I went to court, um, and I witnessed that I didn't get busted for that one yet. Um, but I witnessed it and they just bring, they cattle call people, you know, five at a time. Um, if you, if you don't step, if you don't step forward, we'll just assume you're pleading no contest or guilty and you'll be assessed a fine. So who wants to, who wants to take this to trial, please step forward. And then no one stepped forward and they bring up like another five people and they just do this. Right. So, you know, $500 at a time, or, you know, however much the fine was at a time, just bringing people up, you know, all day, uh, you know, few times a week, just money, cha-ching, ring the cash register, uh, because that's what they do. Now, is there anything wrong uh, with texting while driving? No. Is it dangerous? Could be. Uh, should you be responsible if you cause any damage whilst texting and driving? Absolutely. Uh, but should you be pulled over when none of that has occurred? Probably not, right? So if that's the way cops are going to make money and that's what they have to do to, to do it, then yeah then maybe they're in the wrong business. Um, and I, you know, I, I like Robert Higgs, uh, you know, description that, that there are no good cops, um, because you know, they're, they, by nature doing bad things. Um, and so if you find yourself in line, you know, talking to, or, or knowing what you consider to be a good cop while well, telling them to get a new job, that's actually, you know, productive, uh, to society instead of parasitical on society. And if he is a good person, uh, then maybe he'll be able to do that. Uh, but you can't be a good cop at all, uh, because before they've done anything good or let you go, they've already stolen your money, uh, through taxation, uh, and also these other, you know, uh, policing perf- for profit schemes. Uh, final thoughts. No, I learned a lot today. I just, this last article, just, there wasn't much to say about it. It was pretty black and white. All right. Well, that'll do it for us then. You know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, If you want to see this show prep uh, or add more to the show for next week, uh, we do it in the groups page, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. And if you want to contribute financially to the show, we do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. And someone of us will talk to you all next week. Peace.